Sad news today in the world of MotoGP and in the world of sport as a whole. The Italian Fausto Grassini and the boss of the Grassini team has unfortunately died. Complications following COVID nearly two months in hospital were too much for the 60-year-old. He was the 1985 and 1987 125cc world champion. He stopped racing in 1994 and three years later, went into team management. Team Grassini Honda has then been a solid part of the 500cc and MotoGP paddock from then on in. The team won the 250cc World Championship in 2001 with Daijiro Kato. They won Moto2 in 2010 with Tony Elias winning that championship as well. So as a team boss, he not only won 125 races, he won races in 250cc, Moto2, and actually in MotoGP, because his team won one of the best MotoGP races, in my view, ever, with Tony Elias at Estoril in 2006. And only a few hours after learning the news, Tony Elias said, a friend, a racer, a champion, the man who created the most professional team I have ever been in. It really was a family. And in recent years, they also guided Jorge Martin to the Moto3 title as well, and Moto E in 2019. Simon, you join me on this sad day. Uh, where do we start? Uh, shall I start with the Honda relationship was always there. That's been the solid thread of Fausto Grassini in a Grand Prix paddock. So I, I came to MotoGP quite a little bit after you. But uh, when I first came into racing, when I first started watching Grand Prix racing, it was all about Valentino Rossi versus Fausto's team. You know, we had those golden years didn't we of Sete Gibernau of Marco Melandri of Tony Elias doing things that nobody should ever be able to really do on a satellite bike making the Repsol Hondas look bad and actually taking the fight to Valentino and you know that more than anything else that's probably what I'll always remember Fausto's name most closely related with. Gibernau as you say uh, battled with Valentino Rossi led the championship at some point when he was battling against that Gulwars Yamaha they were good looking bikes the big green lime green M fat rolling M of Movistar against the metallic light blue of those Grassini Hondas uh, Melandri as you say he went on to second in the world championship and there was also a bit of irony that uh, Grassini had to go back to his sponsors to say, well, Malandri's done quite well. We we need to give him a bonus because that was in his contract and they had to pay him a little <laughs> bit more. It's always a, a good problem to have. Um, yeah, they were great days. Um, they were absolutely great days. Uh, that 990 era was was Valentino and, and Gibbonau and then in the latter years in the shape of of Nicky Hayden. Um, but as I say, in recent years, what a lot of people listening to this will maybe recognise is, is what they were doing in the paddock over all three classes. And they will continue to race in all three classes in 2021. Yeah, they will. I, uh, and I, we don't know yet what's going to happen beyond 2021, but I'd be very surprised if if that legacy goes away. Um, you know, they're, they're, I think, the only team in the paddock 
Yeah, they are. They're the only team in the paddock that races across all, all four classes, actually, when you look at the Moto E Championship as well. Uh, they have strong, strong teams in Moto3. They have strong, strong teams in Moto2. They've been responsible for so many of the guys that have come up through the ranks in those two classes. You know, you just, you look at social media today and and I keep seeing a post from a rider uh, you know, talking about Fausto and when he rode for them. And I, I think, oh yeah, I forgot you'd raced for him. Because so <laughs> yeah. many, you know, it's people like uh, like Moto3 rider Ayumu Sasaki, who made his 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 debut in Moto3 as a wild card with Grissini. Um, former Moto E rider Xavi Simeon, who rode for him in Moto 2. Obviously, Sam Lowe's has a long history with him in Moto 2. There's just all these names that, that keep coming up. Uh, and then on top of that, there's the, you know, the the sort of the grand prize of the Moto GP championship. And obviously, things with Aprilia hasn't progressed maybe as quickly as Aprilia or as anyone else would have liked, but they've still been doing a great job there. You know, Fausto's side of the garage was in charge of presentation and bringing the trucks and bringing the hospitalities. And they always had that side of it is always down to, down, down to a T. Um, so yeah, they really were one of the few teams that encompassed pretty much every aspect of, of the Grand Prix paddock. Colin Edwards also rode with them as well. Let us not forget that the American had some uh, some good races there alongside Sete Gibernau. And, you know, I mean, where do we go? Let, let, let's remember the good times. I've, I was on the Dakar with Maria Guidotti. Now, a lot of people won't know who Maria Guidotti is, but people in the paddock do. And Maria was the press officer for Team Grassini for some years and then latterly for for HRC and Repsol Honda and and she's now back working at Mugello. Um and she she we we shared a breakfast one morning and she said oh I said oh you know you know Fausto's in hospital it's not good and we talked about that but we soon you know talked about the positive things and she said and I'll never forget it she said honestly Toby as as the Italians call me honestly Toby she said <laughs> I don't know how we did work some days because we were laughing so much we were dizzy with laughing, you know, we, we were all almost blackout. The boy, it was just the stars aligned, the right people with the right work ethic, with the right fun to be had when it was to be had, and the right sense of humor. And she said, we, we, we worked hard. They were winning races, as we've just discussed, and, <laughs> and winning races and, 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 and second in the championship, blah, blah, blah. But she said, boy, oh boy, did we laugh. And she had a bit of a glint in her eye. And it's now, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago. And she still got those those fond memories. The other thing she said, which which made me laugh, she said, well, I had to move house. And I took all of my stuff to my mum's house, which is in Borgo San Lorenzo, which is about three or four kilometers away from Mugello. One of the corners at Mugello is called Borgo San Lorenzo. And she said, I brought some stuff back from my mum's house when I found my new place, but I left some stuff there. And then when I went to see her one day, she said, I'm driving into Borgo San Lorenzo and there's somebody with a Fortuna Honda shirt walking down the street. And there's somebody else with a movie star Honda Sete Juvenile t-shirt in the park. And she came and she said, 
what did you do with all of the clothes that were in the box? Oh, they're in the way. I gave them to the charity shop. <laughs> so, so apparently in a, no. in, a, in a corner of Toscana, there's a flurry of Team Grassini kids. There's a small yeah. Grassini. Oh, we were <laughs> laughing about it. And... And and I sort of saw a glint in her eye. That's what it was like. That's what it was like in those days. I mean, what a feeling it must have been like. You're winning a Grand Prix and then you're howling with laughter. She said he did have a, a skill in gluing people together like that. That, that you know, in, in my experience of working with him, that doesn't surprise me at all. Because you always got the sense that there was always a, a smile and a laugh in the garage, even in the tough days, you know, I... I probably spent more time around Grassini's, the Grassini team on tough days with Sam Lowe's than with anyone else, obviously British writer and, and working for a British publication. And there were some really tough days for Sam there, but there was never bad tempers. There was never bad words. You could tell there was never bad feeling. He he left that team under really, really difficult circumstances whenever he the, the whole Aprilia Moto GP thing fell apart. But Fausto was still one of his best mates in the paddock, and that is testament to the character. Mm. And once a racer, and you know, he won a huge run of races during his championship run, 85, 86, 87, uh, 11 Grand Prix on the trot over two seasons. So he knows what Sam was going through and maybe his wings were clipped and a manufacturer over here and but then a racer over there and it's it is it is not an easy thing to to surmount and you know he he, he won the world championship in 250 with Daijiro Kato back in 2001 Julian and I commentated on that and then Kato went into 500cc MotoGP the first year of the four strokes in 2002 he was on a on a Fortuna 500 CC NSR 500, and then they gave him a V5 from Bruno onwards. Once the eight hour had been done, well, we can give a few presents out to our favoured few. And then 2003, his first full year on a V5. It was then a movie star coloured bike that year. But at Suzuka, the first race, race uh, Daijiro, he crashed. He never recovered consciousness and died two weeks later. The week of the next race, which was held in South Africa. And actually, I uh, went to that race, and I was even talking with people on the, whatever it was, Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning, and they didn't know. They didn't know because they'd come from all corners of the planet. And yeah. I told Tom O'Kane, uh, and he didn't know. And he, I'll never forget the look on his face. He, he It was, oh, dear, I didn't, yeah, wolf. But... I think what a lot of people forget is that Gibbonau was then a one-bike team that weekend. The teammate two, Kato, who had died earlier in the week, Gibbonau, he got pole position and he won the race ahead of Valentino Rossi by three-tenths of a second. There was almost a silence as he crossed the line to win the race. There was not a dry eye in the house. And with hindsight, you look back on it and it it was jibber now on another level and it and it in it, it sent him up to another level and he was fighting for his teammates and very passionate Sete was and still is to this day. But my goodness me, you lose your teammate and you win the next race. That may never ever be done again. Of all the of all the, the recent tragedies that MotoGP has had, unfortunately. 
a lot of it does seem to center around the Grassini team because then we had what happened in 2011 as well with with for Marco Simicelli. Yeah, saddest day of motorsports I will ever have, uh, and that no one no one deserves it anyway. But then to have two people in the same team go, especially after Marco just got his second podium at Australia in MotoGP the the, the weekend before. And oh, just terrible, terrible, terrible. But um, no, he 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 fought through it. Dark days, dark days, uh, unimaginably dark. But he fought through it, and and as I said, you know, came back to to win races and uh, be there. And then Jorge Martin, what a great smile he's got, you know, as a Spaniard, not an Italian, and 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 it all glued together. So. Uh, a sad day for uh, for MotoGP, but you know people will club together. Um, Carlo, Carmelo Espeleta of Dorna, they will help people out. They will really dig deep and help people out. And at this point, going into a season, uh, once the grieving has been done, to be blunt, then maybe racing will be the release. Yeah, as it often can be. As it often can be, it will give, it will give the you know the what the seven riders that are racing this year under Cassini colours, it'll give them a little bit more, a little bit more motivation. It'll fire them up a little bit, and you know there's not much else you can do apart from do your best in his memory and keep telling all the stories about the good times and the daft things that you've done together, and you know that's what keeps the paddock going in these times, isn't it? There's always stupid stories and daft memories, which is always the best part of it. <laughs> as Maria Guidotti told uh, exactly. me, and as I've just told you. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Falling about, dizzy with laughter. <laughs> oh, dear, yes. There will be there will be teams in the paddock who will uh, not want a fanfare but help them out. But, you know, it's not just all about, you know, one guy at the top. That he, he, he made a team with people underneath him. And there's, forgive me, I've, I've forgotten his, his surname, Carlo, perfect English, short guy, little glasses, and he's perfectly capable of, of, of being in control and having a steady hand on the tiller going forward. But as I say, there will be a lot of people that uh, that come in and come forward. And, you know, positively, Aprilia, they've got something new coming. They've got something up their sleeve. Uh, it You can't literally build Rome in a day. And they're going in the right direction. Yeah, that's it. That that whole project is getting better. I know it. It looks. I think. I think Aprilia are really unfortunate at the minute because I think the speed with which they're improving looks glacial simply because KTM and Suzuki are going so fast. In any other circumstance, you'd be looking at them and thinking, "Yeah, they're doing a good job. They're chipping away. They're getting faster every year." And they are, and it will come eventually that they're as competitive, maybe not as competitive as some of the brands that have been there for years, but they will get more and more competitive. And you know that is yet another thing that will go down in Fausto's legacy as something that he played a huge role in. Quick fire questions, quick fire answers. <clears throat> what do you remember, whether or not you're watching on TV or whether or not you're inside the paddock about? The Grassini team. What are the positive things that you remember? Ooh. 2006 Estoril. Yep. Tony Elias won the race by two thousandths of a, two thousandths of a second ahead of Valentino Rossi. Uh, Colin Edwards, Kenny Roberts Jr. in fourth. Yep, that's a great place to start with the Fortuna Honda. Likewise, Marco Melandri, last corner of Australia. 
sideways, <laughs> hand on the gas, left hand off the off the uh, off the grips. You know the V for victory, super stuff. Um, uh, what else do I remember? I remember interviewing him not only when we would use Mamola's mobile microphone around the pits. And his English wasn't good, uh, particularly then. Mm -hmm. It wasn't good, so it would be. It never really, it never improved really improved. Too improved much, bless him. <laughs> and and then my Italian got a bit better, but after a while, I'd tend to nod. <laughs> 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 I tried, and and uh, but I think he understood. Um, and other people would would, would help out. Um, uh, Frank. He's in one of the pictures that was on the Dorna website today, uh, the MotoGP.com website today, when they won the championship with Cato. Big, tall guy, big forehead. Um, he was Mr. Clever. And he got hired by then HRC to do electronics and everything. And he would always translate between us. He, he was that sort of link, uh, that, that <laughs> link between a struggling Englishman and uh, I don't know, a struggling Italian with a, a big, tall uh, <laughs> electronics Italian in the middle doing the translation. Um, as I said, the, the big green M of the movie star and that light metallic blue, I thought that was a good looking bike. I, uh, I think any V5 for me, I'm a bit biased. I thought they were all good looking, but that one, when, when I look back on it with a few pictures that we've seen over the last few hours, that, that really did stand out. Um, and of course, Simoncelli, um, I, I was in Italy a couple of years ago. There was San Carlo crisps. I'll buy them. I will buy, and I do buy, San Carlo crisps just because of that sponsorship. Just because? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's funny with, with Fausto's team through the years, despite him having so many sponsors, there's kind of, there's still that like iconic link to so many different generations of his bikes with all these, you know, you, you can instantly picture the Telefonica bike, the movie star bike. You can instantly picture the Fortuna bike. You can instantly picture the San Carlo bike. And I've got a kind of fridge magnet, something or other, that was a freebie in the family pack San Carlo crisp that is on the fridge uh, <laughs> in the kitchen. Uh, and so every time I look at it now, <laughs> then I will be reminded even more. Uh, yeah. Good times. We've got to remember the positives. We've got to remember the positives. And uh, my, Absolutely. oh my, yeah, some uh, some great guys. And as you say, a lot of riders have gone through, gone through the Grassini team. I I I have to admit that it took me a minute to realize just how many. Whenever I went back and looked through the list today, just how many of the the huge names of the sport have lined up for him over the years. You know, it is literally a who's who of racing. I had forgotten names like Edwards and Elias. You know, the, there's just champion after champion. Mm, mm, very much so. Very much so. Fausto Grassini, Grand Prix world champion racer and world champion team manager. Thank you so much for bringing us so many good riders all together into your team over the years. We all hope that the race up there is fast and thrilling. <laughs>